Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, Lord, for your love. God, thank you that um, you reside in our lives. God, that you're, you're active and moving in our lives. God, we glorify you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Welcome, High Point. I have a question for you that I want to start off with today. Um, and I, I need some interaction here. I need, to, I need you to, to let me know. Who wants to be free? Raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking through the TV, seeing hands go up. If you're in the chat, go ahead, say, I do. Put in there, I do. There you go. Really, who, who wants to be free? And when you ask that question, of course, everybody wants to be free. There is nobody, for the most part, <laughs> who doesn't want freedom. When we talk about freedom, it's something that, that is based to us as, as, as humans. We desire to be free, to walk in freedom, to experience freedom, to we associate freedom with joy. We associate freedom with, with an abundant life. And so when we talk about who wants to be free, of course, everybody responds, yes, me, I want to be free. No one wants to be a captive. No one wants to be in bondage to something, physically, psychologically, to drugs, to alcohol, lust, food, money, you name it. Nobody wants to be in bondage to these things, um, slaves to something. We all want freedom. We all want to experience that abundant life. The scripture talks about these things as sin that so easily entangles us, that, that we can just, it's almost like we stumble into these things and allow ourselves to, to be in bondage, to be captured by um, our, our propensity to, to move away from what is right, what is good, what is honorable. But internally, we want freedom, and we want it desperately. People are willing to do almost anything for freedom. You think about it. People cross deserts for, for a chance to be free. People fight in wars throughout history to be free. When I, when I think about uh, freedom and wars, I think of the movie Braveheart. I, I don't know about you, but that just comes to mind. Freedom, right? Famous line, William Wallace, who Scottish, fought for the Scottish independence, was a, a, is, is known as one of the greatest heroes in, in Scotland. Um, you know, played by Mel Gibson, the famous line says, you may take our lives, but you can't take our freedom. Now, I, I, I toyed with doing that with an accent, but I am terrible at a Scottish accent. I'm just, I'm just saying, so I'm not even going to do it. But you can, you can picture that scene where he's lifting the sword and yelling, freedom, you can take our lives but you can't take our freedom. Willing to, to risk everything, to give their lives for their freedom. And this is true throughout, throughout history, that men and women are willing to, to pick up their families, are, are willing to do almost anything to be able to experience a new level of freedom. And for what? What is it for? That's a great question. We have to ask ourselves, what is freedom for? It's not just about being free. It's about 
what's on the other side of freedom. It's about the life after you are made free. What is it for? What are we made free to do? What are we made free for? That's what we're going to look at today. Before we jump too far into this, I wanted to tell you about a, a story of two Moravian missionaries. Now, the, the name Dauber and Nitschmann, they, they were one of the first two Moravian missionaries amongst hundreds that were later sent. Um, the Moravians are known as the, the kind of birthing the modern mission movement. Um, they sent missionaries all over the world, and um, these two were unique. And started this, this and inspired so many after them because they were willing to sell themselves into slavery to be able to preach the gospel and to minister to those who were slaves. It's, it's, they, they are freed people. They, they, were, they were free. But they were willing to sell themselves for the cause of Christ. This is what was said of them. And it was, it was after they found out they weren't allowed to do this, that they couldn't do this. But they, they eventually found another way. But this is what was said, said of them. This intelligence, <clears throat> that they weren't able to do that, did not in the smallest degree daunt the devotion of these young men. They were both ready not only to be bound, but to die for the Lord Jesus Christ. Such indeed was the simplicity of purpose, singleness of heart, and strength of faith by which they were actuated that they were willing to make any sacrifice which might be required of them if they could win but one soul for Christ. They were willing to make any sacrifice if they could win but one soul for Christ. Wow. I, I just want to take a moment and just say, Lord, may that, put that in me and in everybody who's watching. God, that we would be willing to do anything, even give our freedoms for one soul that would be one for Christ. Now, Pastor Andy talked about what we were freed from last week, we, that we are freed from sin, that we, that, that, as we choose to repent and to turn away from these things, we now choose to now turn to something. So he talked about what we are turning from. He, he, and he gave us three ways to walk in this, in this newfound freedom that Christ has given us. He said that God will, pro to, to recognize that in all things, God will provide a way out. Second, that whatever that we have to have this attitude that whatever it takes, I'm willing to do it so that I could be free from sin. And then third was that together we carry each other's burdens and we walk together. It was a, such a powerful message on, on, the, and on the importance of recognizing what Christ has done, that we are freed from sin, that we're freed from this bondage, that, that we can now, if we choose, we can now walk in this freedom. So today we're going to focus on what that looks like. John 8, 36 says this, 
So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Another verse, 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Over and over and over again, the Scripture associates our salvation with our freedom in Christ. And we're going to look at Galatians 5 today. And really, Galatians 5 is all about our freedom in Christ and what it means to walk in the Spirit and by the Spirit. And it starts out, verse 1, starts out saying this, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. You could say it this way, It is for liberty that Christ has liberated us. So we are set free to be able to walk in freedom. Now, that is good news. We have have been made free from the bondage, from the captivity, from the slavery of sin because Christ paid our debt. And he didn't pay the debt just for our sin. He paid the debt for our guilt, for our shame, from the things that keep us from fully embracing life and pursuing Christ. Let me ask you this. Where do you find the greatest joy in life? Where do you find the greatest joy in life? Today we're going to look at three things that since we are are now free, that we are free to pursue. And really the first thing is relationships. Where do you find the greatest joy in life? The answer for most everybody is in relationships. Now, I have to admit Right now, I am finding a lot of joy um, in the, the inspirational stories of the Olympic trials. I am a sap. I mean, I will cry at every ins- inspirational story there is. So there's been a lot of tears in the Hubbard house. I, I, I'll sit on my couch in the morning and watch this inspirational story about somebody overcoming great odds, and then I'll, 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 you know, with tears coming down, it, it's sad. It is a sad thing. One of my kids will walk in and wonder what's going on, and immediately they'll know. Dad's just watching another inspirational story about, about some person overcoming great odds to make it to the Olympics. Yes, absolutely. And you think about us. You think about how what Christ has done for us, that, that he stepped out of heaven came down to earth, lived the life, a perfect life, the life that we could not live but should have, should live, gave his life for us so that we can now walk in relationship with him. James 4, 8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. I love that verse because it, it's, it's not like we have to do this incredible, you know, feat to make it to Christ. All it says is, hey, enter into relationship, and there he is. No matter what we've done, no matter where we find ourselves, no matter what we did this morning, yesterday, this past month, this year, God is there, ready to draw near, ready to enter in. And we have an opportunity, because of what Christ has done, that he has made us free. We now are free to enter in to this incredible, intimate relationship with Christ. This is the essence. This is the core 
of what Christ has freed us for is, is this oneness, this relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Secondly, we're, we're set free for and, and given the ability to pursue righteousness. So we pursue relationship and we're set free to pursue righteousness. We are made in Christ when we, you know, because of what he has done, when we accept him as our savior, we are made righteous. The scripture says that we are, are, are covered by the blood, that our sin is separated as far as the east is from the west, and that we are in right standing with Jesus, that we are made righteous. But it also has this concept of a pursuit of righteousness. So we are made righteous, but we also are called to pursue righteousness. That we can't just say, thank you, Jesus, for my salvation, and now live however we want. No, it's, it's you are made free to pursue freedom, fullness of life. You are made righteous to now go and pursue righteousness. But it's so easy to stray from this pursuit, this righteous pursuit of righteousness, if you will. <laughs> um, we need to have this, this, this burning you know, passion to pursue a righteous pursuit of righteousness. And it's so easy to stray one way or the other. We, we find ourselves... When, when life gets difficult or there's pressures to going back to things that aren't beneficial, to, to the old ways, to, to our sinful nature. Or the other side is when things are going well and you're, you're killing it. You're, you're reading your Bible. You're, you're seeing people come to Jesus. You're making disciples. You know, you're, you're going to the prayer meeting. It, you're, things are just are humming with your relationship with God. We begin to get this sense of like, hey, I'm good. I'm great. I am holier or better than most everybody around me. And that pride begins to come, this works mentality of living a, a, a life in Christ, which is opposite to our freedom. We are free. We are liberated so that we can continue in this act of freedom. I've heard this Pastor Steve Merle, who leads Every Nation Movement, talks about how, when he's talking about the vision of every nation, talks about how we need to continue to move the salt shaker back to the center of the table. And the salt shaker rep represents the core things, what is essential, that we just need to keep moving it back center. If, if it strays, move it to the center. If it, if it moves over here, move it back to the center. And I think about that in our pursuit of Christ, that we need to every day, so often, remember, put the main thing, the main thing. It's a relationship with Christ. It's a pursuit of righteousness. Put it back to the center. Recenter. Refocus. Don't allow yourself to stray to the left or to the right. Galatians 5 continues. Verse 1, it says, It is for freedom that Christ has made us free. And then, it said, then Paul gives us this exhortation. He says, Stand firm then says, stand firm with this. Don't just give it up. Don't stray left or right. Don't go off the, the rails. Don't go towards sin. Don't go towards pride. It, it, it says, stand firm. How do we do this? It's not one moment of faith where we are made righteous. It's a constant pursuit 
of faith, a relationship with God. And out of that relationship, we pursue righteousness. These things happen one step at a time. Continue in verse 1. It says, stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. It says, don't allow yourselves again to put on your old ways. It says, mark my words, Paul says. It says, I tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, if you let yourselves go back to the old ways, Christ will be of no value to you because it's all about you. Verse 6 goes on to say, Paul says, For in Christ, Jesus says, Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. I love that. If we can just get that today, that it centers back to the one thing that counts. It's our faith expressing itself in love. It's an, it's an obedience of our heart. So we are freed from sin to pursue relationship, to pursue righteousness, and lastly, to pursue a resurrection life. It's, it's this idea that Christ has made us free for freedom's sake, that we can live a fullness of life. John 10.10 10 says this, I have, this is Jesus speaking, I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. I love that. That God doesn't want us just to be free. He wants us to, to live this life, a full life. Walk in this freedom. Enjoy this freedom. Westminster, Westminster wow, confession, catechism, <laughs> confession of faith says this, God's purpose in creating man was that man would glorify him and enjoy him forever. I love that, that we are created to glorify God, to be in this relationship with God, to pursue righteousness, to make him known. And then secondly, to enjoy him, not just here and now, but here and now, but for eternity. And in this resurrection life, we get to be a part of God's purposes. We get to be a part of what he's doing. The scripture says in Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's handiwork. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And it goes on to say that God has prepared these works in advance. Every single one of us has been set free so that we can now enter into the purposes of God and do the good works that he has created us to do. That, that's incredible. That's awesome. We can have a knowledge that God has good things for us to be a part of. That he has, he, he has called us, he has gifted us, and he has created us to be part of what he is doing here on earth. Secondly, is that, that he, he has called us and that he, he has set us apart so that we could be part of the body of Christ. That we could, we could in, not just be part of God's kingdom and his purposes, but that we could be part of God's people. Pastor Andy talked about this, how walking together we are better. We, we talk about this all the time, how, how essential it is that we walk with one another, call each other onward in Christ. And without that, we, we, we often fall back into our old ways. It, it is together that we can stand firm 
and, and pursue righteousness. And then thirdly, is that we are to enjoy God's goodness, that we have been set free for relationship, that we have been, been with Christ, that we have been set free to pursue righteousness in Christ, and that we have been set free to enjoy this resurrection life with Christ, that we are supposed to enjoy the goodness of God. Paul in Galatians 5 gives us this picture of what it, what it looks like to live in Christ. But he also gives us a warning that, that it, it is easy for us to stray away from that and find ourselves um, gratifying our sinful nature. And gives us that warning to stand firm and to walk in, by the Spirit. And it, it, at the end, it talks about exactly what the fruit of the Spirit are. Verse 25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us, don't stray, don't, uh, don't go off the one way or the other. It, it, it exhorts us, Paul exhorts us to draw near, to stay close, to walk in God's purposes. That we have been made free for this very thing, to walk close with God, to be in relationship with him and to enjoy him. Verse 26 says this, let us not become conceited, Provoke, provoking and envying each other. So it, again, it's this back and forth, an exhortation to live by the Spirit, and then a warning of, hey, don't get conceited. Don't, don't become full of yourself. Walk in humility. Walk in step with the Spirit. I'm going to go back to Galatians 5.6, and we're going to wrap with this. Galatians 5, 6 says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. That in Christ, we can walk in this fullness of life and we can share that with everybody around us. That Christ has set us free from sin, from the bondage and the sin that so easily entangles us. He has set us free so that we can fully love him and that we can fully love others. That, that we can express the life of Christ in us, our faith, to those around us, and, and share the love of God with them. Share his goodness. I want us to remember that we are set, not just set free, but we are set free to something and for something. That we are set free for the purposes of God, that we are set free to enter into this incredible, dynamic, life-giving relationship with Christ, and that we are set free to make a difference in the world around us, that we have been made free to, to, to now go and share that freedom, the love of God with those around us. Let me pray for us today. Lord, thank you for what you've done. God, that we no longer are bound to our sinful nature, that we no longer are bound to the things that um, often trip us up. God, that in you, as we pursue you and recenter over and over and over again, God, that we can fully express your goodness and love to those around us. And we can fully walk in a relationship that, that um, you say we could be at one with you. God, we thank you for that. Help us um, in this endeavor to pursue you, to glorify you, and to enjoy you forever.
In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. And I can't wait to see you next week online.